Welcome to Poet in Bangkok. I'm Colin Chaney. And I'm Donald Quist. Every episode, we hear the stories of cartoonists, poets, musicians, and dancers. And Donald and I will try to patch together a larger story about making art and expressing yourself during this era of seemingly unending military rule here in Thailand. On today's podcast, you'll hear an interview with Note Pangsuan, a cartoonist, artist, and as part of the Dude Suite Collective, one of Bangkok's most revered party organizers. Note regales us with stories about growing up working class, poor, and queer in Thailand, and explains how the Dude Suite parties were created to respond to, and perhaps provide an escape from, social hierarchies in Bangkok. He also explains why the landing of the Harbinger 2 went mostly overlooked in Thailand, and why Mars is apparently uh, a lot like Singapore. Right. So where are we in trying to figure out this larger story of art in Thailand? Well, each interview seems to echo and complicate our sense of free expression and Thai identity. As always, we'll spend time after the interview at the end of this episode reflecting more fully on what Note got us thinking about. But we also wanted to flag a few of these echoes and complications here at the beginning, so you might keep them in your mind as we dive in. Poupe, a performer with avant-garde physical theater troupe, talked about conformity not as a means of fitting in, but as a necessity for survival, a means to navigate very oppressive social hierarchies. Note helps us think a bit more about the tension between cultural conformity and the message of be yourself that Thai young people are receiving today. Back in episode three, the Thai writers Che and Yo got us thinking about how Thai schools expose young people to only certain kinds of Thai literature and how this perpetuates a specific kind of Thai identity. As we'll hear from note, even in art school, students face a choice of either falling in line with accepted themes and styles enabling them to become successful in Thai art circles, or choosing to go their own way with little chance for success. So Donald, I'm sure our listeners are dying to know, what did you do to celebrate the Harbinger 2 landing last weekend? What did you and your wife, what did your wife do? Did you have people over? Did you go out? I tried to have people over, but people didn't seem all that interested in it. What do you mean? I feel like this huge event in history has been largely overshadowed by the approaching whales, which I know is, you know, that that's significant, but the second landing (laughs) on Mars (laughs) happened. And it just, it was, it barely got like a, a nod in the Bangkok post. It's crazy. It's crazy. At a certain point I started thinking, am I making this up? Is this, (laughs) I'm seeing this, right? This is huge. This is huge. We've been waiting for this. Yeah. Um, but completely overshadowed. Yeah, very frustrating. But Pete and I just stayed in. We we streamed it. And we streamed the landing. And I was just as excited as I was the first time. I'm just really bummed. <laughs> I'm just kind of bummed. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, it is, it, it is pretty amazing. And the rocky descent, I mean, I guess they were, I mean, obviously it was on a delay because the signal is a delay from Mars in general. And then they were delaying it probably to process you know, they were only showing us because they knew it actually landed. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was a rocky descent. But you know, just it is a it is a beautiful thing yeah. to watch. And and I guess there was that concern that like the 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 lander, the Mav, I guess is what it's called, right. like uh, might have been damaged. And Commander I had my McKin- fingers crossed. Yeah, like yeah. I guess Commander McKinley says that 
everything's fine, so they're going to be able to take off again. So okay. I we have I've watched a bunch of, of it with my my daughter who is who is excited. But I mean, it certainly is overshadowed for me just in my mind and heart and whatever part of the the nervous system and and part of the brain processes anxiety. Having taken like chemicals for that, I should know what part of the brain actually deals with anxiety, oh, but I don't. Right. Well, maybe for for the next episode. Yeah, I don't know. I mean the I mean I think for me the thing that was I I'm not I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe it's just cuz like the idea of our terraforming Mars is really is really fascinating to me even with like the you know like the things in the back of my mind of like whether the terraforming had something to do with those the, the okay. whale thing but whatever. <laughs> yeah. But like the yeah. the but I was super interested in Dr. Wells Clark's interview yes. when talking about the the you know the the progress of the terraforming totally. um and like how advanced the lichen growth was and i guess because it's a super slow growing organism i guess um so that was sort of strange that it was so uh, advanced but but it was like just, it's just beautiful like seeing that sort of that green and those flowers against the the regolith is just like it's just really beautiful yeah. like it's just and and the, those being the first images we've gotten from mars mm. since the harbinger one and the satellites clicked out, right? You know, however long ago that was now. It was kind uh, of a nice reminder to know Mars is still there. Yeah, you know? it's, it's still a place, it's and it's not. Place, yeah, it's not yeah. this imaginary right. place where just astronauts go to disappear. But right. so yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, we both follow Neil deGrasse Tyson on Twitter. Oh, his and, like, Twitter's been very. You know, so like it's lately. been yeah. it's been awesome. Like on you know his his tweets about the landing and about the you know about the whales about those objects like. It has been super interesting, and I love how focused he is on the science and how he's just trying to like push aside like all of the the pseudo science or the things that we yeah. don't know yet, you know, and sort of keep that like none of the the yeah none of that, but also that he just took he took the time to in the midst of all that yes. to take down yeah. to B-O-B, school, B-O-B. you know, like that's just <laughs> yeah. that was just wonderful. Like, yeah, just like that. <laughs> no matter if we're terraforming Mars, yeah. like again, you just yeah. gotta love that also Bob in the context where. We're terraforming Mars, and yet yes. he still thinks that the Earth is flat, you right. know, and there's a flat Earth society. Right. The uh, guy that wrote the song Airplanes has never flown over the Pacific. <laughs> that was so fascinating to me. You know, I just, this is real life, you know. <laughs> this is real life. This wow. is real life. But, um, so, like, with everything that's going on um, here on Earth in response to the whales, I noticed a lot of people are freaking out, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious if, do you feel somewhat validated? You know, you're not alone suddenly <laughs> they're validated in in your anxiety uh, <laughs> i get i guess i mean i guess logically that's true i guess like it's like yeah. you know that that yeah it's strength in numbers you know because yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're more are freaking out yeah, they're 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 protesting they're yeah no i mean people are buying more guns they are <laughs> yeah unless though people needed to buy yeah and i and i'm sure i'm sure if what was, what was i thinking they probably were it was from the Lorca poem crocodiles and crocodiles. and something else i'm sure that the space crocodiles are definitely like a couple of rifles well i guess actually no we have assault rifles in the u.s i yeah. forget that we're from yeah. such a great country yeah, don't where forget. you can buy assault <laughs> rifles right. so yeah those crocodiles are in trouble yeah uh <laughs> yeah i mean don't tread on me man yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's a snake. Yeah. I don't know. I think that the problem with anxiety, and I don't think I'm actually feeling like what is like clinical anxiety. Cause like when I was experiencing generalized anxiety disorder and I was experiencing what they call major depression, 
and that other people would agree with me that something was sad or that, you know, that I should be anxious about it. You know, like if there was like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something I would get anxious about. Yeah, like about like air pollution. I'd get anxious about like air pollution and my daughter, right? And just because like other people are worried about air pollution, it actually didn't help at all. It doesn't help at all. Like you're just caught in your own, like your own logic and your own reality in your head. So I don't know. I think, so I guess that's good that I'm not, it's not generalized anxiety or it's not generalized anxiety disorder. It's just straight up like fear maybe <laughs> so i don't know if that's any better but but i seem to be able to talk about it more lightly now and i do like i mean i'm able to appreciate like all of the jokes on twitter about you're about looking a the, lot better about the humpback yeah. whales you know maybe we need to get the humpback whales to talk to the ships yeah you know like some real like old school star trek star the voyage trek, yeah. home you know like that's great like that's great and i so I guess I can. I'll just continue to retweet those whenever I feel anxious. So I don't. Are you? You're still not feeling anything. You're still not feeling not at all fearful quite or quite yet. Um, <laughs> not quite yet. Yeah, I'm feeling more more angry than anything. Angry at what? Yeah, I'm just getting angry at sort of people's responses to things. Um, yeah, I'm noticing. I'm getting frustrated more lately. Um, Perhaps it might have something to do with the whales on some level, but not on a level I'm willing to <laughs> to address yeah. just right now. I'll just swallow it. Yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll just le- keep that in the basement. For yeah. Now All right. Well, don't 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 keep it too bottled <laughs> up. That shit's toxic. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, I guess. Um, okay, so we've we've talked we've talked uh, way too much about Mars, and we have not changed the title of the 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 podcast to Poet on Mars yet. Right. Um, so. Okay. The interview with Note had me thinking about the party scene and made me painfully aware of how square I am because I realized <laughs> I've never been out in the city past midnight. Really? Um, I have to like go to the airport. Okay, yeah. Um, but never to go to a bar or a club. It's like I turn into a pumpkin okay. at midnight. Um, and I had to ask myself why, and I realized... It's kind of because of my daily interactions with expats. So, Colin, what's the deal with expats? Okay. So when people talk about expats in Thailand, they're they're usually referring to foreigners from Western developed countries. The U.S., the Americas, Europe, Australia. Foreigners who've chosen to live in the kingdom of Thailand for work or retirement. A stereotypical expat would likely work for the United Nations or an NGO, humanitarian organization, uh, private business in construction or oil and gas, uh, or teach English at a Thai uh, or international school. So many such foreigners, either working or retired, decide to live as an expatriate, uh, expatriate from the Latin out of and fatherland. They choose to live out of their own country because of the decreased tax burden um, in their home country or for the lower cost of living or a desire to perhaps find companionship uh, in the land of smiles. I couldn't find firm numbers on how many legal expats are currently in Thailand, but the Thai Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, estimates that there are about 2.2 million legal and illegal uh, migrants in Thailand, including expats. As we discussed in episode two, when we discussed uh, legal immigration and trafficking, um, after the coup, the military government has cracked down on foreigners taking advantage of loopholes that allow them to live in the kingdom without a work permit uh, or on just on short-term visas. Many foreigners have lived for years by doing short visa runs to neighboring Cambodia uh, or short flights to Singapore, racking up 90-day visa after 90-day visa, um, and this has now become impossible. 
one subset of expatriates tends to color the larger concept here, I think. Uh, those Western men who come to Thailand as sex tourists. Uh, these sexpats, as they're called, and you might remember us talking about this species of foreigner with Kathy McLeod in episode one, um, who really enjoys drawing and painting them. They, they take advantage of the looser laws and oversights of sex work here. Uh, so Thailand's reputation as a place of greater freedoms and fewer limits seems to be changing. But um, expats often occupy a distinct space in Thai society. They remain largely, or actually outside of Thai society. They, they remain largely independent and unintegrated uh, from the larger society. And they don't really have much influence on it or in it uh, outside of the outside of uh, the economics. As we noted in our earlier episode on immigration, there are tensions when discussing the different sorts of immigrants or migrants in Thailand. Uh, in a blog post that I found on the Wall Street Journal uh, by Christopher DeWolf, he observes, I'm going to quote him here, and he's talking about Hong Kong, quote, it's strange to hear some people in Hong Kong described as expats, but not others. Anyone with roots in a Western country is considered an expat. Filipino domestic helpers are just guests, mm-hmm. even if they've been here for decades. Mandarin speaking mainland Chinese are rarely regarded as expats. It's a double standard woven into official policy, end quote. So especially at a time when we're witnessing these huge migrations and these, this refugee crisis in Europe and the anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim, anti-Mexican sentiments in the U.S. right now, I think it's worth pausing uh, here to consider the assumptions about race and class and privilege that are built into the very way that we use that word expat. So, Donald. Completely. What what do you what are you thinking what are you thinking about what are you thinking about every I I've always wondered what makes somebody an immigrant and what makes someone an expat yeah, why am really, I once you start expat? thinking about it it's just really pernicious right. and fucked up it's real fucked up um but I have and I I might rant a little bit here but I it's I right, have man. I have some issues got to find some way to break you Mars Mars <laughs> doesn't seem to do it so yeah. <laughs> no what what really takes me zero to sixty is talking about expats because so why. Uh, I'll give you a story that okay. illustrates most of my interactions with expat. Um, I work at a university and recently they have begun enforcing a law that already existed um, involving us clocking in and out at least 30 hours a week. And so they made the announcement at the faculty meeting at the start of the semester. And one of my fellow faculty stands up and says, I have a question. When will this end? When will this end? And so the dean looks back at him and is like, what do you, what do you mean? And he says, this, this seems like uh, an invasion of civil liberties. <laughs> that to me is, mar- that to me just explains most of my interactions with expats in Thailand. There's this entitlement and privilege. It's 30 hours a week, like 30 hours a week. And at one point, so then all Can these... I assume that that's a white dude? Yes. <laughs> yes. And that, that has I don't know own... why. I don't know why. Maybe as a white dude, I just, I, I sense I can, I can I hear that. I think the that. clue probably was civil liberties. Oh, we have students getting snatched up. Like, we have students getting snatched up by the Thai government. But he's inconvenienced for having to be on campus doing his job yeah. 30 hours a week. Whenever I go out, I'm I'm confronted with these cynical, whining angry jaded babies <laughs> like just that escaped they they found a way to escape their their homeland and find freedom here and it's not enough mm. it's not enough apparently their situation previously was so bad it was just so bad they had to get out of there and now they're here and it's still shit yeah 
well, maybe it's going to be shit everywhere because it's you. That's just who they are. Yeah. And I'll remember this one time. This this another faculty member comes up to me and says, we're just standing there waiting for the tram. And she says, do you know what's the best thing about being white in Thailand? No. Why don't you tell me what's the best thing about being white in Thailand? You can go pool hopping at the nice hotels and nobody stops you. It's like, okay. So like what I see with a lot of the expats, specifically white expats, is white privilege taken to a whole nother level. Privileges that I saw That's yeah, that's an interesting way of thinking yeah, about it. Yeah. In America yeah. taken to a whole nother extreme. You can go anywhere and do anything and people will accommodate you. And yet somehow it's not enough. You complain about Thailand and yeah, I come I, I have issues with Thailand. I see people complain about it, but they never talk about leaving and they don't try to do anything here that could make it better. Mm. So I don't see, I don't see a lot of people like volunteering or I don't see a lot of people taking their considerable income and doing something good with it. When, when you're an expat, you, you can, you make a lot more money than Mm. the average Thai person that could do a lot of good. And you choose instead to hang out in Nana and <laughs> sleep with prostitutes and just contribute nothing. Just take. You're just taking and taking and taking from this country that you claim to despise but gives you all these privileges. It just makes me hate you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much in that that I want to I wanna unpack. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just – I think the, the first thing, just riffing off what you say that last, is that – yeah, the way you describe it, and, it, and it's occurred to me as well, that it's that it's a very extractive, it's a very extractive relationship, yeah. right? Who's the guy um, now on trial for speaking on behalf of the rights of of migrants here? Andy Hall. Yeah, so there's a labor rights activist, Andy Hall, and he's now on trial for coming to Thailand and speaking on the rights. For working working conditions, working, and working conditions, conditions yeah. of of people in this country, um, and it doesn't have to be that big. You can make smaller contributions, but you have to make a contribution. It gets to the point where, I, in my mind, I think migrants contribute, expats take. Yeah. That's that's the difference. That's what I see. I just see them taking and complaining about. It. I once heard an expat say, "We're the white niggers." He said as no, he drank his beer. Are you serious? Yeah, we're the white niggers. He said to a black man <laughs> before sipping. I mean, on his I, drink. I just got to say, I mean, I know, like, I'm an, I'm an, I'm a sheltered white man here in Asia, but like, I like just even those two anecdotes of like what what white people would say to an African American man, and like who's their colleague right. and friend, yeah. you know, like is just uh, that's just that's astonishing. Yeah. I mean, that's well, I can say it. Yeah, like. All right, so I'm married to a Taiwan. Yeah, I'm curious what yeah. I wanted to I wanted to ask you about that. What do you Yeah, say what so, you say. So I'm married to a Thai woman and when I go out if I'm at WTF or something like that, there's always that it's going to come up, you know, the last questions like, "Oh, so are you married?" Yes. And then I'm always deliberately vague because it's going to come up this question, "Is she Thai?" And then when I say yes, there's this immediate perception um, that I'm a sexpat and that I met my wife somewhere in a bar. She's a bar girl or something like that. There's this 
once people know that my wife is Thai, if I'm talking to a male expat, eight times out of ten, it opens this door to a conversation about women that is so degrading. Yeah, that's everything. It's so depressing and subjugating that I don't want to get into it. Like, oh, your wife is Thai. Here's, well, you know, Thai girls will do this. Or, you know, Thai girls are like this. Does your Thai girl let you do this? <laughs> I mean, my wife <laughs> that I met in America, who I love and respect, no. <laughs> no, she doesn't let me <laughs> right. do that. I wouldn't ask her to do that. Um, and so that is... I, I don't know. Man. No, that it's must just, be, it must it must be so infuriating and it's rough. and just like I can just kind of feel it in my gut, like how mm. awful that would be. And I mean, I can only imagine that as an African American male, that must have its own layers. It has a whole here, other thing here, on it. Yeah. here as well. Another stank on it. <laughs> um, just thinking of that woman at the like, <laughs> just the nerve of that woman being like, "What's so great about being white?" I mean, what did she expect you to say? <laughs> We were just staring out at nothing. And you're, you're, I mean, I just, I, I. But that just blew it, my mind. No, that's like, just astonishing. That really put it on another perspective. She can walk into a hotel. That's true. In a bathing suit. Yeah. And no, Thai no, yeah. manager yeah. is going to stop her because she really is up. an expat. She looks the part. I encountered this, uh, this uh, blog post from Silicon Africa by a writer, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher his name, Mawana Ramarke. Kutonin. And he was writing about expats in an African context. And he writes, quote, most white people deny that they enjoy the privileges of a racist system. And why not? But our responsibility is to point out and to deny them those privileges directly related to an outdated supremacist ideology. If you see these, quote, expats, end quote, in Africa, call them immigrants like everyone else. If that hurts their white superiority, they can jump in the air and stay there. The political deconstruction of this outdated worldview must continue. I feel like, you know, as expatriates, right, we we have this privilege, this privilege of knowing that we are in a position where we can leave if things get bad. We can hop around. And maybe that is maybe that's especially that being yeah. from the West. We can go other places. And I think that yeah. may actually be one of the more fundamental distinctions is like an expat is someone who is in this economic class or racial class Mm -hmm. where he or she can be mobile, right? And sort of make this determination rather than someone who's going somewhere because they are escaping. Like truly, I'm thinking about that, again, that colleague of yours, you know, like that really, that sort of sense of oppression that they're experiencing. (laughs) When will it? 30 hours to be in my workplace. (laughs) Right. Anyway, yeah, someone who's actually escaping oppression. I mean, one of the podcasts we, we put up some notes on uh, Home of the Brave, yeah. uh, Scott Carrier going around awesome. in- interviewing these these people along the migrant trail, and it is just it is haunting, and like just the hearing those stories and like where they're coming from, and like the the, the situations they're coming from. Again, it just it's really it's humbling. So but yeah, being um, an expat, having this privilege, you got to do something with it. Yeah, I mean, just got to do something with it. So and don't say stupid shit about white privilege <laughs> yeah, to yeah. black men. Yeah. Maybe if that's Maybe. like if you take know. nothing away from this podcast, at the very least, if you're not going to do something with the privilege that you have, at the very least, don't be at a the dick very about least, it. don't be a dick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we, <laughs> moving on, right? We interviewed Note at the Freeze Green Club during the heart of Bangkok's three-day winter, which was kind of nice. It yeah. was really yeah. lovely. Yeah. Got to wear a scarf and it a hoodie. Was awesome. Yeah. 
We hadn't recorded there in a while, and it was great to be back in the little nine-seat theater. We'd been wanting to interview Note for a while because we knew he'd have a singular perspective on the intersection of art and culture in Bangkok. Colin had met Note a few years ago. Mr. Dude Sweet had made a special appearance at one of the Bangkok poetry happenings that Colin used to organize and presented a version of his comic, The Dad, uh, the story of finding on Facebook the father who had abandoned him and his mother. Um, and we talk a little bit about this. Though he's built his reputation as a party organizer with a flair for the dramatic and abiding wit, Note also quickly reveals a real and complex depth and heart. So we really appreciated having a chance to sit down and talk with him. Without further ado, here's Note. Hi. Hello, it's me. <laughs> um, I am Note Pong Suang. Yeah, I, I tried to skip my last name because I'm think I'm planning to change my family name. I'm oh. designing it. I'm using someone's family name that I never met. <laughs> really, for my whole life. Yeah, it's my dad. Oh, okay. Can you can you tell us about that? So yeah, father... um, it's a in the it's a comic book that I gave you. Yeah. It's um something that I found out about. Two three years ago, mm. on Facebook. The thing is, I grew up with my mom, two single mom, and then she died, and then I never think about my dad before because, like, you know, you grow up with, you know, not having it, so you don't really want it. Right. And then just one day, um, at night, I mean, I, I tried to Google him before, but I never found him. So I tried on Facebook in Thai, and I found him, and he's lame. So he's known about you. Your whole life, I, and he hasn't tried yeah, to contact you. Yeah, of course. I think he 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 knows about me now because he probably Google himself, and he <laughs> must see me first. Right. You know, because we we use the same family name. So um, I kind of oh, please don't 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 say hi, don't send any message on Facebook, don't <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, but I stopped looking for for him for a while now. I don't care. Hmm. Do you know what your father did for a living, or do you, what do you know about him? When I found him, he worked for oh, actually, just here, Kanvifa, what you call it, the, the the Department of Electricity. I don't know what it's called in English. Oh. <laughs> the funny thing is, just about ten minutes walk from my old office. Ten minutes. Our path always closed all the time, and that means we probably went to the same restaurant on lunch break for many times. But I I knew it after our office moved, which is good. Otherwise, I'm gonna keep looking. Yeah, you would have, yeah, you would have been stopping by. The... Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Can you tell me about your mother? What did she do um, before she passed? Uh, before she passed, she didn't do anything. I uh, just like bought a house for her, still paying for it, oh. and um, she she getting sick. She kind of ill. She got uh, what's it called S S L D S E L. I don't know. That's the kind of thing with the blood thing. What did she do um, for a living when you were growing up? I remember when I was a kid, she was a singer in singer. a cocktail house, yeah. And she would go, I would see her in the morning when she come back. And that, that back when we stay in Bangna, which is the way to the airport. And she would work till like three or something. And then she would take the, the, the all night bus, number 38. And then she had to walk for two kilometers to get in the house. <laughs> and, and imagine if it's cold like this time of the year. It was colder when I was a kid. Then I would see her in the morning. Before I go to school, and then she would go back to 
bed and then I would see her again after school. Mm. So it's pretty okay with my family life. Where did she sing? That's the thing. I can't remember because it's a it's some kind of in a lounge in a hotel, and I believe it's somewhere around here, because the number thirty eight runs on this road. But I don't know. Do you have any recordings of her? No, no, no. Come on, we talk about thirty years ago. You you, just, you don't have iPhone <laughs> and all that kind of app. So, you know. No, she's not singing. In Did she sing around the house? Like what? Like she liked to sing when she cooked, and her voice pretty good. And so I thought this could be genetic. So <laughs> when I was in university, I tried to be in a band. You know, when you went to art school, everyone, you know, the first year you had to be in a rock band, any <laughs> band. So I was in a band, and I got kicked out two times. <laughs> of the same band, and you just insisted, you just kept showing up. Well, not the same band. Oh, uh, <laughs> it was like the first one was kind of we would we would sing something like uh, very dark, you know, heavy metal, <laughs> like that. <laughs> And then I said, oh, no, you're too gay for this. <laughs> okay, then. Then, because I, then my friend said, like, okay, I'm too gay for this. What do you mean? Like, you should sing something like Britpop. They're so gay. <laughs> like, okay, then. So too gay for metal. You were yeah. too, too gay for metal. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you were open um, about your sexuality when you were younger. Um, yeah. Um, when I was in high school. You know, it's not that easy. When, when you're before 15... You know, people are like, oh, you gay, you gay, you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> and then no, you're gonna. Punch, you're not gonna punch me in the face. You're gonna punch me in the ass. You. No, no, I'm not. And when you get in high school, suddenly all your friends like a little gay when they before 15 they become like queer queen, and you feel okay. Okay. Like I, he's gayer than me, so I can be gay now. So who was who was that guy that was gayer than you? Do you remember like who was that person that? was in your life that, that um, kind of made it okay. That guy, he's a bit and then when he become like a queen bee, he's called like Thing, which is like sweet name, like the name of flower, little flowers on the street, like so sweet. And they would come in a gang and you know, and the teacher would be okay for them to have long hair and makeup to mm. school. And I think like, oh, that was so unfair. But I'm not, I don't want to put makeup on on anything, but I'm like, okay. Now, but the cool thing is that uh, because his, uh, that exists, existence, it's the word, yeah. is make gay okay. Okay. Then, you know, people are like, oh, okay, yeah, one of the gay, he's gay too, so what? Can you tell us about what it was like uh, coming out when you told the world that you were You know, gay. you don't have to tell the world. They already know. <laughs> <laughs> they knew. It, it was yeah. so obvious when I look back. Yeah. <laughs> you just like keep telling yourself, you're not, you're not, you're not, oh no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, but your, your friend knows mm-hmm. and they're kind of, okay, you're not gay, okay. <laughs> what about your mom? That's the thing, my mom knows, you know, I think my mom, uh, every parent always knows that your, your kids are gay, but um, she just uh, never asks, she probably waits for me to tell, but I just think like, oh, I don't know how to tell, and then she dies, so she can't get, get chances to tell, but mm. I can tell that she, she knows, mm. yeah. She knows. Come she on. Know. Yeah. Are there limits to sort of expressing your sexuality, homosexuality in Thailand? Either are either spoken or unspoken, like it's okay to be queer in these certain ways or in these certain contexts and then otherwise not? I never knew anyone that got beaten up in a telephone booth yeah. or on the street for being queer here. It's pretty much open. 
but open as like being friends, hanging out. But I don't think the the company, the big corporate, gonna take like drag queen to work for them. I never seen any drag queen who like work for like say a nurse or teacher. Most of them in entertainment business. So in that sense, I think there's still some kind of not l- limit. I would say sexist <laughs> in it. Yeah. So growing up in Thailand, um, being openly gay and Buddhist, um, and Buddhist, yeah. What role? How big of a role would you say that Thailand played in making you who you are now? Um, well, the food shaped me a lot. I would say, because I remember growing up, probably half of my life spent on talking about food. <laughs> and that's always something that I would talk to someone I know <laughs> for the first time, you know. And then I just discovered later that if you get on the BTS and if you listen to people talking on the on the uh, Sky Train, half of the conversation about food, where to eat, you know, yeah. the restaurant and stuff. And but the culture wise, I can't think of any culture that I really interested in. I mean, I like Thailand as a food and like the, the physical of it. The beach, the mountains, the food, you know, Cold. cheap clothes. Yeah. But deep inside, uh, let me think. I don't know. Like growing up. I so mean, say I wouldn't die for this country. Okay. <laughs> I won't. No. Why? I think no one should die for the, for their countries. You know, I, I always think like your life worth more than that. Like what's the point? I mean, when you have the war, it's like, are you going to die for like handful of people that create a war? It's not your business. Like, you should stay and, you know, make things better rather than go and, you know, you're going to die, you know. Do you feel like growing up, though, that there were guys or girls that you knew who, like, who would? Who, like, that, you know, like, they love the country that much and they'd be willing to sacrifice themselves? When you, like, in school, they're always like, you should die. They should, they should tell, tell us that you should die for your country. Country is the best thing in the world. Thailand is the best country in the world as well. And so people always go like, yeah, I'm going to die for my country. But if you ask them now, like if you, you invite your friend to to house party and talk about it, uh, anyone here on the table going to die for, for the for, for the Thailand? No. <laughs> did you did you have to do military service? Did you, I did. What in, was that in like? high school for three years. Um, how does that work? You have to. No, but like, well, how does it technically work? Do you like go on the weekends? Do you? Oh go, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like... It seems like you have to do it. You have to study that for seventy-two hours per year, so it's on the Saturday morning, half a day, and then after about four or five months, you have to go to the camp at Kaushankai, Kanchanaburi, which is my favorite part. Um, I like then you have to yeah. train, like you know act like the military for like five days. And the first thing I would do there is I'm going to pick my nose till I breathe. And then I would go to that uh, the nurse part, like, oh, look, sir, I'm my nose bleeding. You'd pick your nose until it bled as a way yeah. to get out of the and exercises? Then, then he was like, get you out. You'd have to go to, like, be in the sun and, you know, carry the gun and you just stay home and watch your friend's stuff. <laughs> Did they, what did the other what did the other guys think about that? Were they did oh they no make... stupid people? They just go run around in a dusty field, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that they can protect the country. Come on. <laughs> were you? I mean, I guess you would have been. You would like you were out at that time. How was that being gay in yeah, military training? I got few blowjobs in there. Ooh, <laughs> I gave them blowjobs. <laughs> That was part of the training. It was my first time that my mouth do something more than eating food. 
was in the military. Yeah. It was fun though. It was just like, you know, not serious. <laughs> but I was watching. Hmm. Yeah. And then the next day, the whole news like spread like wireless. You know what happened last night? You know it's from like the, the Matayom 6.1. He just did that to that guy. Like, oh no. And it was like so embarrassed. And at night, the guy queued up in front of my tent. <laughs> 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 but you just can't do it anymore because yeah. you don't want that rumors anymore. Yeah, well, you know, you weren't going to die for your country, but you were going to... Uh... To serve your country. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was. I've done myself my country. <laughs> Just going back for a second, I guess to Donald's question about Thailand forming your identity. As a singer, as a co- uh, singer at a cocktail lounge, that's like middle class, right? Like it's sort of a middle class. I was upbringing, like, like uh, very uh, working class. Working I would class. say very poor. You know, a nice woman wouldn't work in a nightclub or cocktail lounge back then. Is not very good for the neighbors, you know, people would gossip about that. And then she's pregnant, no dad, ooh, big deal. Um, yeah, so what was the question? <laughs> were you conscious of, of your, like, were, of your class at that? Like, were you conscious that oh, no, 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 no. growing up, like, no, did you just think you were, like everybody, like, everybody at school, all the kids were just kind of part of the same gang, and it was, like, only later when you got to No, because, like, or... poor kids go to poor school. So your friend is poor as you. Because you don't have to work, you don't know how to get money. You never have problem with that. I always have like breakfast before I go to school. That's how great my mom was. Then I learned later that my mom and my grandma, like sometimes we don't have money at home at all. We have like five bars in the whole house. And my mom has to go borrow neighbor's money for me to go to school. And that I never know before. Does the fact that you grew up working class, is that something that, that still kind of stays with you? That either like you're conscious of or like people that you meet are conscious of or ever kind of ask about or is that sort of not is that spoken it, it, or? it, it is starting now the class in with the class in the teenager years uh it didn't happen much in in my in my when i was teenagers but it's happened very heavy now mm-hmm. um i would say one one of because the media keep focusing on these rich and pretty boys and girls like the the the, the series a big one hormones Hormone. It's only focused on the rich kids in school. It's only like gossip girls, right? And all the kids, of course, they want to look like that. They want to be like that. But when I grow up in high school, then I was like pretty smart kid. So I get to go to this uh, very good school, but it's still not in Bangkok. Bangkok, that's in near the airport. We have rich friends, mm. but we kind of mix. We don't care about class. But now I think the teenagers these days, they suffer with that a lot more than I, hmm. then people keep telling like, be yourself, be yourself. But they don't know, they don't tell them how. <laughs> say more about that. Because, you know, it's so easy to say, be, be yourself, be yourself, be yourself. Who's, who's, who's telling them that? Who's saying Everyone, like, media, the media, the media. You read the magazine, you see the yeah. quote on internet, and when they don't know how to end paragraphs, they said, be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, how? How to be yourself? Then. You should tell them like, oh, be yourself. It's mean like if you like this band, even even one says shit, but you like it, so stay true to it. If you still comfortable with this ugly T-shirt, go ahead. Not just like be yourself, be yourself. Why do they not know how to be themselves? How can you know? Um, when we are programmed to be someone else, <laughs> it's like this. You know, uh, in Thai society, you stay with your parents, right? right. 
till your parents die and then you own a house and you have the kid and your kids stay in your house till you die and they own a house. It's like that. So we're in a big family. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it's good. So uh, that we not, uh, it's make our society not very aggressive because how, no matter how slutty you are, you have to come home and you know that your mom waiting for you to open the door. Mm-hmm. And then you just can't be yourself much because when you cut your hair like that, your mom goes like, what's wrong with you? Fix it now. And when you wear that, why you dress like gay? And when you pierce your ears, like, oh no, don't let me see it. I'm mom, I want a tattoo. Why you want to look like those guy in jail? You know. <laughs> so you just can't be yeah. like yourself 100%. Like yeah. That. I want to talk a little bit about your about your parties and right. about that kind of that kind of part of your of your identity. You've cultivated a reputation as kind of a professional partier mm. and party organizer. You're at a party at like 11 o'clock on a Wednesday night mm. or at mm. two o'clock right. on a Thursday night. Who are the other people that are there? Like, why are they there? Well, they want to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and Well, I then have to get back like 13 years ago when I did a party. The reason was because we want to listen to the music that we like, you know, from school because it starts from people from my, uh, my university or the group of friends. The other reason was we graduated, uh, lots of my friends are artists and they want to have their own exhibition so they present their work to galleries and back then we didn't have much galleries here it's only few, very few um, of course you get rejected so um, we think that oh, we probably have to do it ourselves so let's just make only opening then <laughs> you know because we only like to go to the opening and <laughs> um, okay good I make a party and then you put your pretty painting on the wall and we get people to come see it how about that like that's good idea should we sell beer as well oh yes <laughs> where do you think the money would come for our system so we do that the first idea just like make a party to yeah. show the friends yeah. work and friends, or friends like that but after about five times we forget about the thing on the wall <laughs> 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 it's <just> like, <laughs> so it's not like that. Uh, back then, that uh, that's something that we call it fake dirty. Fake dirty. Yeah, those kids who study abroad, you know, and come back to Bangkok on summer, you know, study in Saint Martins, and yeah, yeah so they would come like, oh, this is underground. It's oh. underground. So cool. <laughs> so they come and dance and pretend they don't have money. Ah, so you call those kids fake dirty. Yeah. Okay, I see. Now the thing is now it's gone, that kind of thing. No one wants to be fake dirty anymore. They want to be like <laughs> fake rich. <laughs> so oh. the, the poor kid wants to look yeah. rich. It's kind of on the way around now. Yeah. Oh, really? So there, so what period was that where like fake dirty was that a... around um, uh, MySpace time. MySpace, 2006, <laughs> yeah. they went to like okay. 2006 to oh, 10. Yeah, okay. Just fake dirty kids everywhere. Oh. Yeah. And the cool thing is that those fake dirty kids, they're not fake anymore because you just can't fake when you're rich. <laughs> and now they become someone in the society, like a famous fashion designers or own their business and stuff. Yeah. And they still come actually, but they don't dance anymore. They sit in the front and talk. <laughs> they're probably like 35. Well, that wow. sort of suggests though, that it suggests though that the rest of the kids there were, were truly dirty. Oh, right, me. like yeah. so. All yeah. my friends, all my friends, too, are dirty. Yeah. Right, <laughs> but like, I guess what I mean by that is like, like your gang was like, was it mostly like like kids who'd grown up working class who were kind of hustling to like right. make their name and like be artists and and 
you know, they weren't trust fund kids. They were、mm. not living off of their parents. Why are you interested about them? Rich people like to hang out with artists.、Yeah. It's true. Since like thousand years ago, you know, they said you can't buy taste, but you can buy artists. <laughs> buy them drink, and you、yeah. can have like taste maker sit on your table.、Right. Yeah. <laughs> When I so you mentioned Dude Sweet.、Um, when I first came to Bangkok, I saw Dude Sweet, Dude Sweet, Dude Sweet everywhere. Oh, that's supposed to be a long time ago. <laughs> well, it was a. It was just a few years ago. It was、uh, three years ago. Oh. Yeah. Um. So, could you tell us what Dude Sweet is? You are Dude Sweet, correct? Yeah.、Right. How did this name and come about?、Uh, uh, we were smoking weed, and that、um, is true. We 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 think we're gonna change the name every time, but、uh, back then when we planned to do this party to just mainly show the work of my friend Akom, who. Quit trying to be artist already. <laughs> we made a poster and we want to make a poster and we forgot like oh we don't have a name yet.、Mm. We are unemployed. We just graduated, so my house is like the student union. You know, about twenty people would hang out in my house.、Mm. I pay the rent because <laughs> I'm the only one in the house that got job back back then. So、um, we have this videotape. Ooh, VHS. Remember that? <laughs>、um, only two. Two two videos in our house is Free Willy and Do Super Mario Kart play on loop. <laughs> It's a perfect movie for smoking weed.、Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we just like, oh we have to do it now because we have to send like you know the the silk screen block now so it's on TV so we pick that name. Dude, sweet. Dude, sweet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can you can you paint a picture for us of like the first real dude sweet party? Like, do you remember that? Like the first party where you were like. This is the kind of party we want to put on. Of course, I still remember. It's still one of my favorite party. I own like you know, in the past thirteen years, I only like about maybe five of them that I like the party.、Oh, really?、Uh, the first one is still my favorite.、Um, it was in this abandoned restaurant in Kasan Road. It was、uh, very dirty, and we told the owner that we're gonna make a reunion from Simbukon University, and the owner okay because oh those kids from Simbukon they always here. And but it wasn't, and he found out later, and he wanted to shout us more. And what does it look like now? It's very dark. There's only one like one light. So we have to you know clear it, clean the floor ourselves, and try to find some kind of curtain to cover it. <laughs> and we sell the beers from the cooler. And what else? Then the toilet shit. And it was Fashion Week. That's a funny thing about it. I went to the Fashion Week, our Fashion Week. It's very new back then. It's everyone excited about it, and hand the flyers. So we got some kind of high-profile people came to the shitty place, <laughs> and they kind of don't know what's going on, but they enjoy seeing this crazy kid dancing around.、Hmm. That's why it's still one of my favorite. And back then, only few people have emails, so they kind of worth of mouth going on.、Yeah. It's only eighty people that 80. night. It was a DJ or band. The DJ. We play we play music from cassette tape. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, dead air all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>、oh, yeah. <laughs> what is the experience of a dude sweet party? Like, what do you want people to experience at your party that like they're not going to get somewhere else? What what we still、uh, the policy that we still have now. Whenever we get even we got a sponsor, they always ask for the VIP area, and we always say no, no, no from the first day to today, because、mm. 
I think it's the only place that you know people just go there for music and dancing, and they don't care who you are, like where you're from. You can talk to the guy next to you while waiting for the toilet, and you can be friends. I know lots of people that have new friends from from Do Sweet, because hmm. it's kind of clear that it's a it's a party that focuses on people who work in art and fashion and music business. So yeah. they always have something common to talk about. I got lots of friends and connection from that as well. Yeah. So it's the the party that there's no a hierarchy or class in it. Yeah. Is there any sense of of parties? Not necessarily your parties, but just parties in Bangkok now. Is there any sense of like that as kind of like escapism, like sort of ignoring what's going on in their in people's normal lives, like in their everyday lives, like sort of it's like a fantasy, you know? Does sound like a drug party? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess I mean I, mean, I ask because like you know the last couple of years have been a little topsy turvy mm. in Thailand culturally and socially, right? And like the economy's not doing that great mm. right now. I mean, I remember reading somewhere that, like, during the Great Depression in the U.S., like, you know the like, economy yeah, yeah. has nothing to do with party. Even economy bad, people drink <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> I mean, I've been through it. There was like a little bubble burst somewhere around 2004-2005. That the time when we were on the peak of Do Sweet for some reason. I don't during think during the like, Tom Yum Goon crisis. No, Tom Yum was two thousand, right? Oh, okay. But then they have a little, you know, struggle huh. that people. It's not like now yeah. people complain about economy all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and now and now that I'm I'm running um, the tapas bar, I can see that people buy drink anyway. People drink. Yeah, you know. I guess I guess I don't mean so much like are they not buying drinks? It's, do they kind of go out to party to kind of ignore other things in their life? Yeah, like during you, like after the coup, where like people going out. And partying a lot, like oh, as a way to kind of like. That's the best time for party, the coop. Oh, really? yeah! I remember <laughs> that. I'm. Uh, it was like you, you, ha- you have a curfew. Mm-hmm. You have to come home like eleven or ten. I don't remember. And then you're not allowed to go out of your house till five in the morning. Right. So and then I went to the bar. It was uh, some bar we shouldn't mention it. We said, "Do it, they do it, ever <laughs> in Silom, actually many places." <laughs> and then I get in at like eleven. Uh, oh, dude, you know what? If you come in here, you're not allowed to go out till five o'clock. Like, then oh. I don't mind. Really? So they just lock the door. <laughs> yeah, they just lock the door and like they, they don't lock the door. Oh, yeah, I know. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like you're not allowed to come in and out. Right. At all. It's eleven. Like that. Cause the police and the the, the soldier are busy on the protest site. <laughs> there's no police. People oh. just literally. That's why I can't mention the name of the bar. <laughs> Line the coke on the bar and like do it there. Mm. And like wow. <laughs> Wait, where were the cops and the soldiers? Where were they that they weren't? They're busy. They're really busy. Come on, the city got burned. You're not gonna, you know, mm. like go to the club. It's not. It's not yeah, the priority. Yeah, and many places that open to five. So like a lot of people were were like going out and staying out really late during that time. Yeah, the best time for party. <laughs> the the kind of normal reaction to the coup was a little strange from a foreigner's perspective, right? Mm. It was just kind of like people were kind of like, okay, we're just going to kind of settle into this. Right. So I guess what I'm what I'm asking about like parties at the time of the coup was it like was like this like this is fucked up. So let's go to this nameless bar in Siloam and do more coke than we normally do. Mm. Uh, in response to that, or was it was it just like. You know how many coups we have in the past? I know you've had, you've had a lot of coups. That's about like sixteen times. Yeah. So it's like That's a lot of coups. Every four times we have one. We get used to it. Mm. We're gonna have a new one soon, I'm sure. So um, for you foreign people, you're, oh, what is it? What is it? I mean, like, oh, chill. Yeah. <laughs> you were saying that 
out of all the parties you've thrown, five, you've only really enjoyed about five. And then he said you're feeling kind of tired with the party scene. So I don't like going out much anymore. And I only want to go out to my party because I know what music we're going to hear, mm. what people I'm going to see. Right. You know, there was a time that I liked to know lots of people, have lots of friends and hanging out with... I think everyone would get to this point of life when you have something more interesting to do than making a party. <laughs> you're, you're a tastemaker. Uh, you cultivate style and music. You're known for promoting a few bands in, in Thailand that are... Yes pretty big like slur and squeeze animal want to know if you could tell us about your your favorite discovery i like slur huh. they have probably the first show with us they were so pure and that was like how many years ago 10 oh they've been rough 10 years now they were like 18 20 they just can't get in the club back then but they were on our stage they're kind of awkward and like, you know, ooh, don't know how to be cool like those older people. So it's kind of cute when you see them live, but now they're professional now. <laughs> they don't have this, ooh, shame. <laughs> they should be like that forever. Are there other bands that you know of, you know, friends of yours that are in bands or artists, like visual artists, painters, or cartoonists that, you, that you'd like to really see blow up and get more national or international attention I mean Thai artists yeah you know what I'm doing now I'm working with the Mocha with the museum to discover you know the new artists every year we're working on it now I kind of like the winner of the awards we do the, the award called Art Forward Fun with uh, the, the Mocha museum and I found this guy his name is Tom he's from Lakabang University and he made a short film called I can't remember the name because the name is the number, like five, six, one, you know, stuff like that. And they talk about dictatorship, which is very interesting. And the whole, the whole movie just, you know, squeeze from the big picture to one school. The, the school of maybe 20 kids, you know, and moving like robots in black and white. <laughs> that one. That is it I available? Can, very you, can you see it online? Yeah, you can see it online. And I, I, I can find the name Yeah, later. no, we'll get the link from you. So is he at the moment like? But he's mostly like known only within Thailand. And... He he will get, I believe, bigger and bigger because he he's, that film won few awards and he's working on a new project now. What does it take for a Thai artist to get known abroad? That's the thing. That's a question. Uh, you have to get away from Thailand because you have to be outside Thailand first, and Thai people we love you. Say, there's an artist called Gorokit, Arunanonchai, who's pretty popular now in New York. Um, what sort of stuff? He do performance and painting. Well, he get inspiration from this uh, TV show on, in Thailand called, what is it? Like, Thailand's Got Talent or something. Mm -hmm. There was this woman naked and paint with her boobs. And then people go like, oh, this is not art, this is not art. So he questioned on that and he started on that. So he said, wow. why? You can't do this. Why is this not art? In the past, we have more than that. So he starts from there and then he does, and, and uh, he has shown many places. And suddenly, you know, it's not art here and suddenly it's art there because he made it aboard. Mm. And then again, because there's a mafia system in art scene here as well. 
There's a, there's a what system? Mafia system. Oh, mafia system. You know, if you want to be famous, then you have to cozy visit Ajahn, you know, and you have to hang out with this gang, and you know, because... Wait, like Ajahn at a particular art Ajahn. school? Ajahn is like a professor in university yeah. that kind of control the scene, the who gonna come, who gonna go, the evil one. Always came from my university in Bukhan. <laughs> oh, I needed to say that. <laughs> and and um, wait. So how does that work? Like, I'm just break that down. Like, I've never heard of that. Like, a, you know, like... it's like this. The only way that you can get exposure is to you know go to the awards. And there are only few art awards here. And then um, you need some kind of. What do you call it? I don't. I don't know how to uh, explain this in English. Um, some kind of like school kind of skill that would be, you know, good enough for that kind of awards. Like you have to draw very well. You have to keep talking about like the Buddha or enlightenment all the time. Like you need to have certain themes or certain like ideas yes. in your work that you yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. that you're kind of known for or can so be like promoted. That's why you see that uh, many artists here keep painting about the the Buddha head. Yes. Right and talking about something so deep, or the thesis when I was in university even worse, and that's I just get better now. Everyone talking about like life, enlightenment, like suffer in life. Wait a minute, how old are you? Twenty, <laughs> and you talk something like fifty years old. Why don't you talk about you know, something you can relate it to? And that uh, when the mafia. Oh, we back to the mafia. <laughs> If you nice to this. Ajahn, he gonna nice to you, and the chance that you're gonna get to the semi-finals for this award is higher. Yeah. And there are always some rebellious that I don't care, I do it. Right. I'm gonna send my portfolio to Paris, to New York, you know. And does that and the tend problem to is not work? Our students always sucks at English. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So you're gonna wear. You can go to Singapore. Okay. So you though you have you've become a respected artist, and you since when? Well, you're a respected name in the art scene, wow. and you went around the mafia. We're saying this on the internet, so it's true. It's true. Ooh. Yeah, I just said it, so it's true. No, um, I, I, I'm not gonna mess around with mafia. It's no, it's no point to do it. You But can't you, beat you, them. You have to create your new way. Yeah, but you, you know? did. You yeah, created. You have to cut The glass and like you know put the concrete on and walk your way, you know yeah. you don't go that way. Are there any Thai artists here or abroad that you think are overrated? A Thai artist? Yeah, Thai. Oh, artists. they are good. I love them. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. The thing is, you know, it's only few Thai artists overboard. You know, I kind of like them all. The 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 people that made it there, because firstly, um, that's mean that you don't just draw Buddha head. Which kind of art that? Can you stop? <laughs> you know, ooh, what does it mean? Ooh, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> it's beautiful, <laughs> but it's just not my style of art. Like, who who are some of the who are some of the Thai artists that? Well, it's clear. If you chat, point one of them. Yeah, mm. all right, it's great. He's the other. Is that kind of fame that good for smoking weed as well? Yeah, so extremely. it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so what do you what do you like about his films? Like, what is it that you? Because I remember I moved here right when uh, Uncle Bunmi had just won the uh, Palme d'Or, right. and so I think it was at Emporium 
uh, the theater, it went up for a week. Right. And, like, no one saw it. Of like, there's no... And it didn't seem like... And the Thai... Like, the Thai people that I'd meet, like, colleagues of my wife's, they didn't really like it. They didn't really... Like, they were proud of, you know, that a Thai had won that right. award, but didn't really like it. What do you like about that? What I like... It, I understand that people who grow up in, like, BC Bangkok probably don't get it. But to me, as someone who grew up, you know, in that suburb area when I was a kid, I can relate it to, like, the color of it. The way he, the, his, his style is kind of tells how quiet, and mm. I, I can, I can hear, I can understand the, you know, cricket voices and stuff like that, and I can, I can feel how cold it is. So I kind of like yeah. it that way. It's kind of nice painting to me. I didn't expect anything anyway. I just like look at it as a painting. Yeah. No, that's a that's a lovely way of thinking about it. And also, I love the, I love the way like the the real and the surreal. Mm. kind of mixed together there. I just right. think that's a... I remember in Uncle Boon Me, you'll just be watching this forest mm. expanse for a while, you know, for like three minutes, <laughs> three or four minutes, mm. nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, I'll just put like that red-eyed right. monkey yeah. ghost will just kind of appear and it's just kind of like, yeah, there's a monkey ghost <laughs> in the middle, you know, just emerging out of this landscape. And everyone and likes monkey ghosts anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I want to ask you, were there any parties to celebrate the landing of the Harbinger on Mars. You yeah. mean yesterday? Were there yesterday. any parties yesterday? Yeah, were there any parties yesterday? Yeah. No, you know. because I think people kind of had enough of Mars. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we always have news about what's going on in Mars. Like, oh, we found this living thing. We found this and that. And everyone only knows it's true. <laughs> you know? See, so people kind of burn out on it, you mean? Yeah, yeah kind of. You know, you say like Pluto. You know, is there any parties to live at? No. <laughs> so it's kind of the same. Yeah, Pluto it's is more exactly. interesting. Yeah. That's true. No, those pictures right. from Pluto were pretty beautiful. But yeah. like, no, seriously, like, but like, so people in your, like, in your scene aren't really talking about, you know, the Harbinger 2 astronauts arriving there and kind of, it's just you know, like, is that too far out of, like, out of sight, out of mind? You no, know, I'll tell you why, because it's boring. Uh, I used to live there, like I told you before. <laughs> I used to live there for about, like, um, four, four, six months. Hmm. No. Oh, three months. I come back, go back, go back, go back again for three months. Um, How did you get back and forth? How did you commute? The, the taxi spaceship. It's <laughs> 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 like Uber. <laughs> Uber Mars. Uber Mars. Yeah, you're just like, what's, what's nearby? Yeah. <laughs> It's it's okay. I mean, uh, but but it's some it's some it's some place that you you wouldn't stay longer than a week. I would say it's almost like Singapore. It's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you know what is make it look like Singapore? It because oh, if you go to Singapore, right? Mm -hmm. All the guys you meet, yeah. they only have three names: either Kelvin, Eugene, or David. <laughs> Kelvin Tang, David Wong, uh, <laughs> Eugene Sun. Mars the same because the Chinese went there the first, right? Uh -huh. Lots of Chinese people there, and then the there are lots of Chinese well. people on Mars. A lot of them, oh. yeah. And and um, you ever been there? No, I've never. Okay, I don't travel. I travel you that extensively. That, 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 yeah. That's a very good Chinese place called like uh, <laughs> Eugene 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 Tang. Eugene, Eugene Tang. Tang. Eugene Tang. Nice. It's it's uh it's, it's, it's by the beach. You <laughs> were there, by, right? Oh, right. Um, yeah. That one's good. <laughs> But I don't like it. I don't like it. You don't like it. You're gonna stay no, here. No. So, the Donald knows this. I've been I've been like a little anxious about these weird objects, these 
whales, as they're calling them, because they kind of look like whales in the, in the telescopes, that are en route from Mars now. Um, and I've been kind of having a rough time with that. Like, I don't know, my, my daughter really loves space and Mars, and I don't know how to talk to her about this future that we don't kind of know about. Right. Donald seems to be keeping his shit together about it. Because there's nothing and you, uh, <laughs> and you seem to be not concerned. Are you sure it's for Mars? It's from, like, that direction. Yeah. Maybe your mom. No. <laughs> your mama. What is that? What, 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 is, what, what, what do you think it is? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I hope it's like just like some some rocks, but like, hmm. but oh, maybe that little prince. The little because prince. they make they make a movie now, right? Oh yeah, they the did. 3D. Yeah. yeah oh, maybe. so you think it's like maybe like a like a product tie-in? They've sort of like uh, of yeah. It has to, you know, Hollywood this day <laughs> and Mars. Just no, like no, neighbor. I, have, I had not thought of that. I think yeah, that is a little that little is a, tie-in. See, that, that guy that just like, is so sad. His planet is like the side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that bros. <laughs> So you just momentarily lifted my anxiety. Yeah. So well done. That is yeah. a. Uh... I think so. The the promotion from Universal Studio. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading about this when Terry Richardson we did that. Quote, yeah. Did that? Oh, with uh, Central with Embassy. Central Embassy. You you kind of took umbrage with that. You kind of took issue with him doing that. Can you explain? what he was doing and or what Central had him do and and what you did in response and why? I heard about it. he's coming to do some project in here for some shopping mall and I didn't know what it was until they put a campaign up and I was like, and I saw some of my friends <laughs> on the campaign. Oh, like some of the, like who was in the campaign? Many celebrities. And I kind of, why uh, such a big corporate with lots of money pick something like this when you can have someone like Steven Meisel or something like bigger than that, mm-hmm. you know, and why pick someone that people kind of, oh, no, 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 now. And I don't know how much he get paid. Um, I just think, do you know, for Thailand, the, 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 for Bangkok, the city of sex tourism, mm-hmm. it would be nicer if he come here and do the project on that. That would suit him well, you know. Focus on prostitutes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But now he just, you just like come here to take the high profile people for the high profile shopping mall. I don't know. I don't know how to explain. I think I explained it all in that one. I can't remember now. I guess I'm just like, why did it, why did it really bother you? Because it's, uh, it's tasteless. What, what aspect you of shouldn't, it You shouldn't support people like that. People like the pedo, you know. <laughs> They've they've found evidence of him um, right. sending nasty messages to some of his models. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm pretty think that I'm I'm I kind of you know feel for the girls. Is that feminist? But I don't want I don't think I'm, I'm a feminist. But everyone should be feminist this day. Yeah, I um, think so. Then you kind of promote this kind of thing in the city that we have this issue all the time. It's just not right. Mm-hmm. Then coconut, you know, yeah. took that to translate in Thai. Uh, in English, then, did um, they take that down under pressure from Central? From of course, yes. That's like, <laughs> did that's, they give you? Did they give you static directly? Did you get? Did they contact you and? Ask um, you to they asked my it? friend. They asked my friend to talk to me, and my friend said, "You know what? I can't tell him to bring anything down. It's his page." Mm. And my my friend's always, of course, on my side. He knows that. This is not the first time it happened to me. <laughs> not the first time. It, what happened to you? First time you like you you said when, something. When and I write you, something and you know it's, somebody didn't like it. 
Yeah, <laughs> happened many times. <laughs> Everyone knows me for that. And yeah, they they they, they asked my friend to to ask me to put it down. So I'm like, no, I'm not gonna put it down. It's too late, isn't it? So instead, I boost point. <laughs> you boost point it, but. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> and they hate me forever now. <laughs> You'll never be allowed back at Central Embassy. But I, I'm doing the right thing for the world. <laughs> Don't laugh about it. Oh, That's the right thing to do. To no, do it's this. true. Yeah. It's true. Did did people in your community did that like? Because you said you knew some of the people that were in those in those photographs, right? Mm. Were those people kind of pissed that you were making a thing of it? Like they're like, oh, you know, this famous photographer taking yeah, some pictures of us, um, or like, you know, when this happened, you know what you're gonna get. People are gonna say that because you're jealous. You're not, uh, you know, taken by Tully Charleston. Now you said that you're you. You're not you're not going out as much. You're not partying as much, but you're still putting on your own parties. Are you focusing more on your own art? Are you like doing more of your own cartoons now? Like, what are you? Yeah, all of those now. Yeah, I'm staying home too much this day. I'm having my compilation of my comics mm-hmm. coming the end of March because uh, it's an art fair, uh, book book fair, the national book fair, and I'm working on my new exhibition now. Cool. What's that gonna be? It's gonna be how it feels like to be no longer relevant. Really? Which is happened to many people at the moment because people got quick fame these days. You can get famous from doing like stupid thing on internet and you get paid for that with the likes and you know. And suddenly, two days later, no one cares about you anymore, but lots of people can't just deal with it. So they have to do more ugly things. Mm. to keep their fame there and you know Andy Warhol talk about like 15 minutes of fame stuff like that now he's shorter than that now (laughs) is it a a pretty personal show kind of like Ungrateful Records that you did at WTF or is it kind of more commenting on kind of people that you know this new exhibition I mean Um, it's not about family anymore it's about me actually and about the many people that I, I I feel sad for them people that try so hard to you know be famous you know for someone like me who um used to do like big party and then you know used to like be that go guy everyone like you know the journalist from new york time come here have to contact me to talk to and then one day just just like oh please stop 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 i don't get paid for it i'm gonna do that anymore and you don't care about fame anymore (laughs) you know and lots of people see care and the good thing about fame is that is make your word more powerful. You know, you go to the meeting with clients and you say this and they're like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was going through your Instagram, uh, which is just, a, you know, it's much more interesting than most people's Instagram. Guys, it's a stalker. Yeah. Where we're preparing <laughs> research. <laughs> Stalking as research is basically what it is. Most recently, uh, those beautiful little watercolors that you did, these sort of sketches that you did. Um, oh, that's for, for my comic. Oh, this from your comic? Yeah, yeah be- beautiful. Um, and, you know, photographs from parties. And uh, I think there was a an advertisement for Wonder, Wonder Toots. Wonder Toots. Well, <laughs> and uh, uh, featuring, so uh, featuring General Prayut, which I'm sure he had a wonderful yeah, time at your Spice party. Yeah, Spice Girls. Yeah, yeah. If you want to be um, my lover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's also this, like, funny little graphic that you made up of, like, a face with a zipper on its mouth. Oh, right. That, that says, enjoy democracy. Right. What's go- what's going on with that? It's about the recent event that happened with this boy who um got kidnapped right. by the military. 
how uncivilized that. Can you explain a little bit about that? Because I don't know. Well, how what many happened of our, was uh, this kid. He wants to, um, you know, about the the the, the monumentary park. It's called Rajapat. Rajapat. It's thing. a park down in Huahian, south of Bangkok, right? With the yeah. statue of kings. He investigate on what corruption going on. Right. And then he got arrested for investigating it. <laughs> How ridiculous is that? <laughs> um, then he on many protests against the government, and people say he red shirt, yellow shirt. But I don't care about that anymore. I care about the the right to talk, uh, on on speak. And uh, prime minister said, "You know what? You student, you should know what you have to do. You go study. Don't do this. It's not your job." And I felt like. Dude, he's like twenty something. He can go to work now, so he should have the right to say something about that. If you not allow him to say what he want to say in university, where else on earth that he do it? And so he was he was grabbed. He was grabbed in the middle of the night, right? Like at, at yeah, that, that's crazy. And you know, in a very horrible way, put the bag on his head and stuff like that. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, um, they're acting like the U.S. CIA. Know, you know, right? it's, yeah. it's not. Yeah. And the next day, it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's not us. And then the next minute, yeah, it's us. And then you know the thing about that when you do something like this, when you when you mention when you talk about it, when you comment about it, suddenly you get branded red shirt. Wait, so when you talk about free speech, it's about me, what I show my support is like the right for him to say whatever he wants to mm. investigate you because that's what people should do. Yeah. I got unfriend. Wow. I got people like, but unfriend is common, and then people saying you red shirt again. So I think my my point of will, what do you call it, my standpoint on yeah, this politic thing is like, I think the best way for Thai people is have to go case by case. You just can't crazy on your team. It's a football team. Some people they're crazy about <laughs> like they love, uh, produce so much. It's like some kind of superstar. You can do whatever. You can kill anyone. I love you anyway. But to me, when I look back of what fucked up in the past decade is like maybe you have to go like case by case. Taksin has many things, uh, good that he gave to the country. Like, you know, Taksin, he's horrible. I hate him. <laughs> But <clears throat> when you look at him, the main project that he did is very good. Mm-hmm. Say, like what? Uh, making ID card. Or making visa, it only take 15 minutes this day. Yeah. Uh, passport or visa. Why is it that? Why is it that freedom of expression? Like, why is it like like speaking up and asking questions? Why is that connected with with red shirts? Because we we pick sides all the time, you know. So if you're just on the other side and you're speaking your mind, then like even you said people who said I'm not on those colors. I'm in the middle. I'm white shirt. So they said oh, white is the the yellow anyway. You know. Huh. And but I believe someone really don't give a shit about politics like me, <laughs> you know. It's just like, no, are you going to protest? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I watch band tonight. <laughs> I would be like that, <laughs> you know. Oh, this guy is playing. Okay, then. So uh, my protest is like depends on yeah. Is he gonna sing? Now to answer your question, why? It because we 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 don't believe in the middle. Yeah. We just believe if you either red or shirt. So there's no space for someone yeah, who, right someone like me, yeah. who just wants to stay home, lazy. Right. I'm just remembering. I live right by. I live right near here, right, right by a soak. And so, however long those 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 weeks of of uh, Bangkok shutdown, where there was that party, that like right. 24 hour party. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of shitty party. Like the music wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. Some nights uh, are good. Um, at the end, it 
became a street market. Yeah, it did. No, exactly. Yeah. It all those T-shirts that with the slogan of support, and you know, uh, the Sutep guy turned out to be like nice shirt, and the phone case that used to say like, "Keep calm and protest," like right. turned out kitty, and so it's just another market. Yeah. <laughs> But were there some good bands? Did I miss them? Were there actually yeah, some many. good bands? Yeah, um, many. My favorite one, Jay the Rin. He was like playing there. Really. And my friend's band played that. A uh, public band played there. So were that were the was that was that viewed as like a political act to play at those gigs, or was that just like a paycheck? Like in other words, oh, like that what uh, that 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 like that I can say that they they were there for free. Oh mm. wow! Oh. Yeah, cause I cause I know like the member of the bands or the bands mm. there. Yeah. So they wanted to they be there. They, they wanted to support paid. that cause. They support. Yeah, they they yeah they yeah. have what they like in mind. Yeah, can't blame them, but. I don't have who I like in mind, but I like your band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was. But as you say, it just descended into a into a street market. Awesome. So you said you said I can't remember whether it was on uh, when we had the mics on or not. But you're thinking about maybe doing a a project in New York, yeah. a book in New York. Tell us about that. Um, I went to New York the first time uh, four months ago. For the first time, you went the there. First time. Really. People keep, you know, kept telling me. Since um, like hundred years ago, when I was twenty, uh, like oh, you have to go to New York. You have to go to New York, and then I'm like ah, oh, it seems so far away for right. me. It's like going to Mars, <laughs> and then um, I always keep postponing it. I don't want to take a twenty-four hours flight. And then last time I went to Stockholm, and then so oh, let's go to New York. And my blown mm. now Europe is boring. <laughs> Wow. What I like about New York is that you know you can be yourself, be yourself, 100%. <laughs> and this is how you be yourself. You know, you can go on the street as a drag and talk to yourself on the street, and nobody gives shit about you. True. Yeah. You can like yeah. do whatever, and people don't give a shit about you. And that's what I like. It, it, it's really lively and energetic, and the way people dress is so normcore that you don't have pressure of dressing up at all. Right. Did you call it normcore? Yeah, normcore. That's a fashion word. Cool, normcore. <laughs> I have actually heard of that. Word. Okay, I'm you never heard about that before. I've never oh, heard that, that word. That's three cool. Three seasons ago. <laughs> okay, oh, I'm behind. Yeah. What did you do while you were there? What did you? Uh, nothing. Than... Nothing. I just like uh, go to see New York. Did you I see was... some shows or anything? See any music? No, I was in a very horrible weather week. Um, I didn't see anything much. I just go to restaurants, places, walk around. Oh. But that's fun enough. And I go to all the touristy places because mm. so the next time I don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. So what are you going to do on this next trip when you go? I'm looking for the house to stay. Uh, uh, last time I stayed with my friends, but the next time I plan to stay for two months, so you just can't oh. just stay on your friend's couch anymore. I'm looking for the cheap place to stay, and then I'm gonna write the the book about New York, like cartoon comics. Cool. It's like uh, a journal. What I feel, and it's not gonna tell people this restaurant you should go, that place you should be, but I'm gonna talk what I feel about the city and people because I believe that uh, traveling is not about places; it's about people you met. Mm. So I'm gonna talk about crazy people in New York. That's awesome. That's great. Well, I mean, we were talking, I think, off off uh, yeah. Mike about how like we've modeled the show off of that Garcia Lorca book, yeah. you know, that he went and sort of it was just him processing the Great Depression and him processing right. like the capitalism and the like, the racial prejudice, but also it's just like he just clearly was like soaking up like 
you know, the the atmosphere and the music and like all of the stories that people tell mm. about like the parties that he would go to. So we're going to we're going to let you go. But how can uh, people no, find about go. <laughs> <laughs> well, St- well, Stephen put on a movie here in this uh, great nine nine person movie theater. Mm. But how can people find you online? If they want to, you, know, you look, can Google my name. Just Google you and then, <laughs> and then just and then just stalk you. Yes. You know, but that's the thing. I was in this bar the other day, and then this guy, a foreign guy, came in and like so angry, like, dude, calm down, slow down. Mm. You're so loud here. Who the fuck are you? You know who am I? You know who am I? Am I like the friends of this high soul? The friend mm. of like this prince, whatever? And like, like who are you? You don't know me. I don't know you, but I have Google. So I passed him Google to Google his name. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And then he just like, oh, oh, oh. so he Google. <laughs> and then it's come up like one or two pages. So like, okay, my turn. That is like, that is a great brush off, man. <laughs> this uh, facebook.com slash BC Party Boy. That name I need to fix. BC Party Boy. I met it when I was like 21. <laughs> It was great. We were in an like, internet shop, yeah. internet cafe in Kassan Road. And my friend got a cool name, like the world pop. Like, wow, this cool name. I want one. Yeah. What is it? Party Boy. Oh, you have to be busy, Party Boy. Whoa, awesome name. <laughs> Turns you later. <laughs> <laughs> You're the middle-aged man. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, I hope that we can count on you if like... If there are like some some aliens yeah. on those uh, weird things coming toward Earth, I hope that we can count on you at least putting on a party sure. uh, for their arrival. You know, as you say, it's all about meeting people. Yeah, no few. It's all about making. Can- you know, a few of them already. Uh, oh, it's the it's um David. It's David. <laughs> David Tang. It's just your buddy David. <laughs> See again, just it's. I shouldn't yeah. be worried about it. It's yeah, just, just it's relax. just David yeah. Tang. David uh, Tang. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, thank you so much for, for being with us. Thank and, you. Uh, and what, uh, where are you going here? Are you going home? Are you going out to a party? What are you doing? I'm going home on Monday. It's Monday. Going home. Um, I work at night. Okay. So I'm going to get something done. I'm happy right. to be here. Yeah. Ask right. me back happy anytime. All right. Yeah. Excellent. This is great. We'll have you back when, the, when the, your friend David arrives. Okay. What if you both of you? He will. <laughs> Thanks so much, Noam. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Thank you. So that was a pretty amazing interview yeah. we had with Note, and um, and as as always, it's just amazing. Sort of the uh, as always, it's just really interesting to see the way that the that for us the artists kind of pick up on certain themes or certain ideas and kind of play play off of play off of each other. Um, but it got me thinking about a number of things that I wanted to just touch on before we skedaddle. So I just that that thing he kept saying about like people tell you to be yourself, right? Yeah. And the, but as he said that we're sort of, but at the t- same time you're kind of programmed to be someone else. Right. And I and I think that must be such an interesting tension, right? Sort of for a young person to kind of try to wrestle with that as you as you right. as you bring up, yeah. How do I how do I actually do that? Yeah. Um, and those those conflicting messages, yeah. That just that really struck me. Yeah, definitely. It, it reminded me that um, right next to my house, there's this mall, and in front of the mall are these little shops that cater to uh, children, um, like exploring their creativity. There's like a, a painting place and a, a music place. Um, all of these 
things have closed down. They it's were not, they were it's open, not funny, but yeah, they were open for like a good year, and then all of them closed down. They were all about being yourself, and every window on every window it was actually there. Be yourself, be yourself, be yourself. Yeah. And sure, uh, for a few weeks, you know, parents started bringing their kids, and then it started dwindling, and then yeah. they're gone. Yeah, it's a complete. <laughs> it's a complete. What's the word I'm looking for? Dissonance. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, be yourself, but not really. But not really. But yes, but also be the dominant, the dominant narrative. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. The other, I mean, the other, just I mean, just the way you described it was really yeah. funny. But the talking about those 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 people coming back from, in my mind, these island paradise Hogwarts establishments, yeah. you know, where the the high so Thai kids would go um, and come back and go to these dude sweet parties yeah. and uh, that fake dirty, fake dirty. Uh, that fake dirty. Yeah. Uh, idea. It just, I don't know, it made a couple of things in not like necessarily a perfectly rational way, but just a kind of like an experiential level. It just kind of clicked for me yeah. a little bit of like, I don't know, I, I feel like I can now see certain things differently by the way he described that. But also how he said that doesn't actually really exist anymore. Like now you've got the, the poor kids are really wanting to be yeah. You know, it's fake rich. Right. right? Totally. It's like the fake clean. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and the it just that 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 tension and that sort of evolution of that really really struck me. Um, and and what he said about you know you can't buy taste but you can buy artists. You know that yeah, also that struck. I mean a obviously that is that has been true in in Europe and you yes. know in everywhere in China, um, the U.S. for hundreds of years, <laughs> if not thousands. The dawn of time, I think he put it. Yeah. It's probably true on Mars, right. you know, and yeah. Phobos. Um, but but yeah, again, I think that really that really that really clicked. I guess maybe the last thing I just wanted to reflect on is just how he he talked about how when he made that little logo with the zipper on the mouth, right, and right. sort of made, talks about free speech, and when he shows his support for that young man who was taken up by the military, you know that he was branded a red shirt, right, right, and just right. that that idea that that we sort of pushed on a little bit, like that, you know, that you'd be unfriended for for speaking your mind because speaking your mind would be associated with being a particular political party or ideology and just that sort of othering, right, was just, was just really striking. And, and I mean, he seems like he's a guy that really wants to remain apolitical in his art, I guess, right? And so sort of, um, I guess like Kathy in that, in that respect. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when he sort of feels so passionately about this particular thing that immediately it gets kind of criticized as being, yeah. as being, yeah, again, that it can only be like one side, Wants, and I don't even think that's necessarily true. I don't even think that like that's like one of the like things for the red shirts. I don't think free speech is right. necessarily yeah. like. Yeah. And also, just that people are have uh, had enough of Mars. It's yeah. Too much, too much talk. Yeah. Too much talk about Mars and, and this uh, huge event. And I, I, I like that he gave that respect to Pluto. Right, like people are not are not <laughs> they're not having Pluto parties. True. Um, True. And. Uh, I think you were observing afterward as we were cleaning up. You know, you were just observing that you, how. His like try, attempt to kind of le- bring a little levity to yeah. uh, the heaviness of the incoming whales, you know his little jokes about David Tang in yeah. Singapore, and it's just David Tang on the whales. That he was trying to kind of lift my spirits, you yeah. know. I think I think you know. You feel right. a little bit better after talking. <laughs> I don't know, but it's like I would just. I could also say he's probably avoiding reality, yeah. but you know, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he, you and you and he can get together and talk about David Tang. So. <laughs> right. so 
we were really we're so thankful that Note was able to sit down with us uh, for an interview. I want to thank him so much for giving us so much of his time um, and also for giving us the comic books. You can find links to his work on our website, poetinbangkok.com. And you can also find links to uh, our Twitter and Instagram and Facebook uh, accounts there where you should please follow and friend, uh, etc. us there. If you like the podcast, please do consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, or Stitcher. It really helps us to reach new listeners uh, and get and get the word out. Thank you. Uh, and if you like what we're doing here and want to support us, please go to patreon.com uh, slash poet in Bangkok. Just a few dollars or a dollar per episode will help us uh, pay for some of the expenses and uh, maybe help us ensure a second season. And one of those things, if you you know give a, a couple more bucks, you can get a t-shirt with Donald and Colin on Mars, drawn by Kathy McLeod from episode one. It's pretty sweet. Uh, and for a larger notation, we uh, will even bring you on the show uh, to talk about art or Mars or the whales or whatever. Uh, so check that out. Uh, if you can't give, we love you anyway. And we know you're sort of stocking up on bottled water and uh, emergency rations so no worries but if you can that'd be awesome and thanks to everyone who's been listening to the podcast and has written to us about it we really appreciate it uh thank you to those who have supported us on patreon or said nice things about us online thanks to anna and pete for their support and to isotope for the great sound editing software thanks to martin pavlinich and his band reports for opening theme music and to Wanerit. Pong Prayon for additional music on today's podcast. That's his stuff you're listening to here on the outro from his record, Sci-Fi Day Trip. It's an awesome title. Nice. It's an awesome record. Yeah. And thanks again to everyone at Rock Academy and the Freeze Green Club. Even those dudes in the next room banging on their drums, making sweet rock music. Uh, thank you for listening through that. Uh, that, that, that was not uh, another alien transmission. That was just the dudes in the next room. So thank you for your patience. Yeah. Remember to tell your friends about us, whether they are into interpretive dance, music, comics, innovative theater. Partying. Partying. Or just quirky podcasts in the era of missions to Mars. And whether you live in Bangkok or Bogota, Cairo or Fargo, Kuala Lumpur or Quebec, we hope you'll keep listening to what we get up to here on Poet in Bangkok. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. <laughs>